Oh my god, he's gone. Oh, thank god he's gone. I'm sick of him. Just kidding, Nick, come back. Nick, come back. I miss you so much. Why do you never come back for me? We had so much to talk about. So, yeah, there's a storm. Apparently, it's not heading our way. It's looping around. So, we're oh. going to be fine. Uh, yeah. We, what? Where is yeah. the storm looping? Um, so around. Around us. It's actually being quite polite when you think about it. <laughs> like, um, it's rude to okay. you, obviously, because it yeah. you know, passed over you. But it's being it's polite like... to the rest of the place. Yeah, it was like, oh, hey, Lulz, do you want more lightning? Do you want more fire? <laughs> And I was like, no, <laughs> none of us want more fire out here. Thank you. But, but uh, it, did it do that? Yeah. I mean, probably. It's well, funny because, like, the best way to put out fire is rain. But along with the rain comes more lightning. So really, that we're is in true. a constant catch-22 over here. Yeah. But tell me about the, uh, the, the thing. The, the... the thing? The oh. thing. Mm, there's many things. Well, actually, you know what I was going to say before we started was yeah. um, I started yeah. uh, is, you know, what's a funny word? Uh, and no. Truck. Just say that over like multiple times. Truck. 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 It sounds. Truck. 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 What? Who <laughs> made this word? It sounds Truck. really weird. Truck. Oh, God. We like, could do this with any word. Oh, no. Word. No, don't. <laughs> no. But <laughs> <laughs> I just nipped that one in the bud before. It just sounds weird. Like, uh, I was exploring different types of trucks because... Uh, because truck in American slang is different to truck here sometimes, you know? Mm, yes, that's so true. So a pickup truck in America is just like a ute or a 4x4 four four here. But truck, so I started hearing truck a lot and it just, truck, it mm. just sounds, yeah, like when words just to start, sound, start to sound funnier or just weirder or odd. It's like, how do these letters and sounds mesh together to make something that's coherent and uh, the the meaning is uh, recognizable to us? Just just random sounds. That's all they are. Have coalesced yeah. into something that manages to denote meaning to things. It's so weird when you think about it. So that was that was what I was thinking about today. And yesterday, hmm. and the day before that. Oh, I don't. I don't know why. It's weird. That's a long time to be thinking about the word truck, but I can, you know, I can relate. Sometimes I look at the little words, especially like the two and three letter words, and I'm like, "What are you? Like, why? Yeah. Why do you? Why are you really? You know?" Well, I mean, they're barely words. Yeah, they're just like little blips. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're not, they're kind of like Pluto, really. <gasps> How dare you? 
I mean, they're not not words. Like Pluto's not not a planet, but it's also like, well, maybe it maybe they aren't words. Like Pluto might not be a planet. The jury seems to I'm be having real conflict with you right now. Should we just end it here? Are you this ready to like throw it in and just I'm not ready to throw it in. We have so many things to talk about, but yeah. you just you came on real strong with these fighting words about Pluto and I just You wanna stick out for Pluto? Yeah. So, I mean someone I'm has here to for Pluto. Yeah. Look, I just feel like even if Pluto's not, you know, if it's a dwarf planet, it's still yeah. it still needs love. Yeah. Uh, and it still should be invited to all the other planets' birthday parties, is my thought. Oh, without a doubt. Like, and not, not like a pity invite. I think it, it should be warmly welcomed as part of the Yeah, like, Pluto crew. makes the party. You don't know. Yes. Exactly. I, I mean, it's probably warmer there than it is in, like, the Midwest at the moment as well, so... <laughs> I yeah. feel like that's actually... You know, it was uh, Hoth-level cold the other day. Oh, that's... When it gets to hot level, than Mars, yeah, yeah, that's when you feel like maybe uh, it should be time to like just you know go away from those places just for a little while. Not, not yeah, not, not forever, yeah. but like this is a fictional planet where people's like literally froze on tauntauns, and you're yeah. living there. Yeah, you're living there. You're walking outside into that. Mm. It was really, it was really, really strange. Like it just like. You know how, like, 50-degree weather, like, every now and again we get, like, a 50-degree day, and it's quite... Gross. Yeah, and, or, like, 45-degree day, that's probably more common, but, like, it's still not, uh, like, often. But... Yeah. You don't really notice 45 degrees, you know what I mean? Like, it's really, really hot. You you definitely feel it, and I guess there's, like, news shots of, you know, you see the shimmering heat wave and people on the beach, but it doesn't look like everyone's, like, you know... It doesn't look like the end of the world, whereas... Okay, well, for me, it's the end of the world, but... Well, yeah, on. but you are from the Midwest, so that kind of yeah. does, does help out. But, like, really, really extreme cold, like we saw in the Midwest in America, you can see that. Mm. You really can see... Like, it looks... Like, how cold did it get? Like, minus um, 30 or minus 50 or something? Yeah, well, let me see how cold it is right now. I think it's kind of done... Actually, I think it's done its worst. Oh, yeah. Right now, it's um, where my parents live is... Oh, no. I just had a... Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, right Right now, where my parents live is three degrees. Like, that's pretty good. Um, that sounds it like so It was... Good. Yeah, it was pretty much... That's all we get. Um... <laughs> I definitely saw, like, a minus 30 day in there, which seemed pretty reasonably, Do you you put, like, yeah, like, you'll have to put maybe a beanie on, I guess? You should probably wear a beanie. Maybe some gloves. Maybe some gloves. If you're me, you might just run without the gloves and shove your hands into your sleeves because this is, this is how the carry do. Really? Does uh, that work? It depends. I mean, it, it doesn't work well, that's no, for sure. That doesn't seem like uh, it would. No. No. It's, uh, we had a couple and days that were very, very cold. 
um, when I was still in school. And they didn't actually cancel school for us, so that's pretty rude. Feels yeah. bad. They actually canceled school this time around, and I was like, ha! Vindicated. You still feeling, like, slighted by that uh, non-call there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel a little bit slighted because, uh, you know, it was like the forecasts when I was there was like, oh, hey, if you go outside for more than five minutes, you'll probably get frostbite. And everyone was walking to school. And I was like, what is this? And it takes you longer than five minutes, I'm, I'm guessing, to, uh, to Yeah, it took me yeah. about 20 minutes. So I was like, mm, when I couldn't find a parking spot, I was like, Ooh. class is not happening today. I'm no. sorry. And I sent yeah. an email in. and uh, I think that was the day that class... Also, that class I I didn't really need, so I ended up going. This class. Oh, okay. Sucks. So. So, bye. so you won that day, basically. <laughs> I did win that day, but you uh, made the I executive remember, decision. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I did definitely. Um, I did definitely go to classes where the car parks were actually, you know, not awful, but yeah. That one class, I don't think I went, and I don't really regret it. Well, luckily you're not there at the moment, so... Yeah. What would you prefer? Would you prefer extreme cold, or would you, would you prefer extreme heat? Because we've had some pretty hot days over the last couple of weeks. Ooh, you're right. Actually, yeah. I must say I do prefer extreme cold. Yeah. Uh, because you can always put more layers on, but you just can't... Like, there's a certain temperature when you just can't take your skin off, but you really want to. You're like nothing yeah. is nothing is cool enough for me, um, so I guess I'd rather be drinking hot cocoa wrapped in like five blankets. I guess. Uh, yeah, but like, that's what I, I was, know. you know, raised with. So that's yeah. the difference there. I just sort of wondered, like, with that whole vortex happening, like whether, you know, and then the extreme heat that we've been having down here, like what, you know, like do you, like like when you're seeing what's happening over there, do you like? Were you thinking, oh, man, lucky I'm not over there, even though it's, like, extremely hot over here? Was that the... Was there a conflict, I guess? Was was your Midwest sort of becoming, I guess, uh, overwhelmed by what was occurring over there compared to what was you were currently experiencing here? Well, I offered my mom the swap, but she said no, so that... Clearly, yeah. she's still very much a Midwestern gal. Hmm. Well, because she didn't really want our fires either, and I went, please? And yeah. she went, no, no way. <laughs> That's not going to happen. And that is... Also, there's not the science to swap weather, and I went, ah, true. Not yet. You got me there. It could happen. Like, that's science when you... Just, yeah. That's you think, like, the future is... That's, like, that's when you feel like the future is, like, here. You know, those futuristic tech things that you see in sci-fi, where weather can be <clears throat> almost... Uh, designed you know mm, yeah that's when you sort of start to think that maybe we're in the future now that we've all been uh, shown in movies and television and in books like when I don't understand how that's because I know that when we attempt to go to Mars at some point I wonder when the tech will be there to terraform Mars or is that even a thing that's possible with what we've got at the moment because, I mean, we'll just screw that up anyway. But still, we'll give it a we'll give it a shot to begin with. But 
I yeah. find it. Oh, do you think? Do you think they would build like a sort of space station atmosphere first? Because obviously we can do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're good at putting things into space. Uh, yeah. You know, we're not too bad at that. But we don't really like like the Voyager spacecrafts. They've both gone into interstellar space, which is pretty cool. But yeah, so like, so you were saying like having this like massive spacecraft sort of orbiting Mars, uh, with like Earth's atmosphere. Sort of Maybe I know. I was just more or? thinking, like you know, we put the in, the space station together up yeah. there, so like surely they could fly all the pieces and land them on Mars and put them together there if they really wanted oh, to. Yeah, and ha- still have an atmosphere somehow. So uh, I can imagine it would get a little stuffy in there, though. Yeah, you'd have to really kind of balance it out. Just you know, you, some, like yeah. you, you need someone who's like. The only, like their one job is just to like control the aircon, because mm, yeah. too many people are going to have their opinions about what the temperature should be. We've all seen, you know, how people are in office spaces. The groups can't be trusted. You just need an overlord when it comes to the aircon. It's true. That's my. And it shouldn't be me because I will have it cranked up all the way. We cannot have that. We cannot have so... that. <laughs> There's only so much power that would be available. Mm. Well, actually, there'd be a lot of power available in Mars, but there. I don't know. Like, how is that going to work? I, I don't know. Would be a uh, solar. I assume you could use solar power. I'm guessing there's better people than us that are uh, involved in. <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we're it, not going anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, we're we're stuck here for the foreseeable future. This makes me, it just reminds me of watching The Martian. That's all. Mm. Which Actually, apparently was kind of could work, but kind of also. We just don't know because we haven't reached that level of, you know, tech yet. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, would you go? Would you go though? Ooh. Like if, if you had the choice to stay here and fix Earth, or or if you, some if half you know if half the people just uh, buggered off to Mars, which part would you be in? What do you think? Hmm, I. Part of me would, I don't know. That's a tough one. Like mm. w- the sense of adventure, I've always thought of the. I love the idea of the sense of adventure. And if I had the opportunity, where maybe it wasn't, it's like almost like the frontier. But I don't really know whether I'm cut out for it. To be honest, oh, yeah. I okay. kind of would love to, but I don't know if I would be able to. Yeah, sometimes people have this idea of themselves where they they think they'd be able to manage something. You know, it's like, yeah, I could drive a truck. I don't know why, just a truck. Or like, I could do, you know, trucks. yeah, <laughs> you know, like I just like they they had this thing of like, you know, oh, I, I'd I'd be able to help someone out. Or I'd be able to, you know, carry people out of a burning building. It's like I don't really, but like when the reality of that situation actually is in front of them, that it's not exactly how they imagined it would be. That's what I think I would be like, where I don't, I imagine myself that I would choose to go to Mars, but I don't know, I I don't really would, I don't see myself in actuality doing that. Mm. I think the reality would be much more like, good luck people, I'm sticking around here. But does that mean that I have to like, try to help out more down here 
to fix things? What's the trade-off there? Oh, I don't know. There was no trade-off. I was oh. just curious because uh, I was thinking the same, sort of the same thing. Like it would be so cool to go there and help plan this new world, but then at the same time you have this this guilt of leaving an old world behind. Would that yeah. maybe if half the people left, you could fix it? You know, like depending on which people left. Well, that's the thing. Like if you if you just if if half the people left. And, and and just say they're all fine when they reach Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, like best case scenario, they all they all get there. It'd be a huge undertaking. Do you think yeah. just the act of just say there's like just like half like the act of half the population of the planet leaving is that enough for the world to like the Earth to be fixed? Like not mm-hmm. instantly, but just it basically has the space and flexibility now to i guess repair itself with a little bit of help from us yeah that's interesting yes and no yes and no because i used to think that overpopulation was a much bigger problem than it actually is um right because i'll admit that i i used to think that we were way over carrying capacity which basically in biological terms is just how much a certain environment can hold a certain population yeah you know basically that limit that's carrying capacity yeah um and i used to think to myself like oh what do we do like we're way over carrying capacity like how are we going to fix this but i realized that we're not really because we're producing enough that everyone could have something it's just that we don't share it equally so we're more of a We've we've got a difference. I don't really know a biological equivalent, but we've got an imbalance of resources going on. And I think if we actually chose to make resources wisely and spread it out evenly, we would be doing okay. Um, obviously, there is a limit. Like, we will hit that one day, but I think we could manage with our numbers as they are. So we've got... So you were saying there's we have enough resources. It's just the distribution is out of whack and if they were yeah. distributed in a better way uh a lot of i guess the issues that we have would be negated yeah, yeah. and it's it's a little bit interesting i was oh this is so off topic of what we we're gonna say but i i will tell you because i was having this the same sort of conversation with a work colleague yeah and we were talking about um, how wouldn't it be great if, you know, different countries could work together to, to farm different things? Because we were talking about plants that we find, um, yeah. and we were talking about um, having enough water and drought and things like that, and farmers not being able to grow crops. And we're looking at the crops and going, does this crop belong here? Not that we really have a say in it, but evolutionarily, is this crop even... F- cut out for australia or should it be grown somewhere else right okay so wouldn't it be great if everyone could pick crops that complemented their land so they'd have very little water waste and then you wouldn't have the huge drought issues that you have and then you can always since you trade globally anyway i don't really see that that would really be impacted but it would be such a huge undertaking that was like my utopian idea for the yeah week. It's a huge um, one because, like, yeah. <laughs> on the surface, it makes practical sense to do something like that. 
like to be egalitarian in that way where it's all uh, this sort of useful using the resources and the land and the people that we that are in those areas to the best of like to the best capacity or optimal capacity for it but yeah then you sort of add the human element into it and it immediately breaks down (laughs) (laughs) you know like just decades or hundreds of years of you know suspicion and conflict and resentment would make it so difficult like it's it's it would be impossible but like it but it makes so much sense for that to be uh a method and yet yeah i just yeah like just, just the thing is like you can't really have it when there's countries if that makes sense i know it's so such a bummer it's like well you know let's just all have like a world passport and you can just travel where you want and you can just do whatever you want with trade and blah 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 but that you know it's yeah so big it's it wouldn't work at least not right now but no isn't it cool isn't it cool to think about nick yeah it is it's it's uh it makes you feel good without anything actually happening mm-hmm. it'd be great it'd be a great dream <laughs> it's, it's good to it's good to think about those things does it do you okay like real talk mm. oh, i hate saying that word um real talk Real truck. Real truck. <laughs> Do you think that in 50 years time, which, you know, we, you know, we might still be alive. Uh, and best Hopefully. case scenario, best case scenario, uh, the climate change is managed uh, and we're on the slow road to recovery. Do you see, because... Do you see a world where it's a much more open space like that, where you can travel more freely? Because if we get through the next 50 years, it feels like that should... And things are going okay, it would... The reason for that would be... Would allow the world to have a much more open kind of communication in terms of people going to and fro or is that just me having a pipe dream again oh it's such a good pipe dream though why would you give it up like it's there like it's not like it it just seems really simple yeah but hey hey wait what what do you put in pipes to smoke to get these kind of dreams is it crack do you smoke crack or do you inject mm. crack? I think I think you smoke crack. Oh, okay. You inject heroin? Really? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think you can yeah, I think like rubber bands. That's it. Or belts. Yeah. Yeah, that's the heroin I thing. I gotcha. I yeah. don't know what it's drugs not. are. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to yeah. the utopia, because um, I've got better things to think about. Exactly. Yeah, that's. Is that a like? If if we get through the next, because I, I was listening to a podcast called "The End of the World" that uh, put forth all these possible existential crises for humanity over the next fifty to two hundred years, and the idea that. 
uh, and, and what we could do to get through those um, extinction level events and that if we got through that we would actually be we would actually become more prosperous and so yeah do you think that if we got through the next 50 to uh, 200 years which is really tough for us to think about because we can only see so far into the future when it comes to us, like us as individuals like our yeah. kind of thought and compassion and I guess utilitarianism processes only extend so far like because even if you have kids or the idea of having kids you can't really think and then they you know you might get to like 70 like you know your mid 70s and you've got grandkids you can only think maybe like two generations after that and so it does tend to feel like it's it's still quite limited but do you think that you could see us becoming not just like surviving whatever happens in the next two centuries but actually like progressing into something that's almost utopian bam wow that's loaded um okay because i always say that i'm a pessimist but i think we all know that i've got the secret secret ideas of a starry-eyed optimist um i think yes but i think every little change along the way is going to help because i i don't really see us getting through climate change without kind of working together to begin with so we're all fighting amongst each other then i don't see a lot of hope for us but uh you know like that could be the first step that's kind of what maybe what they're saying like oh we see that we can work together doing this and then we go well why don't we do that for more things and then so i think that could be a really good uh motivator i guess because i think in times of conflict people do tend to come together a lot more um it's it's hard it's you see it in in war a lot you see you know like especially world war ii like big big wars so i guess if you could get in the mindset that we're on a war we're 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 yeah. in war against yeah. our own destructive behavior. So if you think about that and you go, we got to band together and fix this, yeah. then I think it would be possible. Yeah, yeah you're right. Like, but, it, but it's really hard to convey that, you know, like with, yeah. with like a traditional war or conflict, it's easy to kind of show like who the enemy is or what's at stake uh if yeah. we don't band together whereas with climate change it doesn't seem the way even though like even though like, you know research and scientists and all these guys have sort of given us definitive numbers but numbers even though they are scary and real they aren't visually real yeah and i think that's kind of like the disconnect is that you've got where people go well let's just see how it works out i won't really believe it until i actually see it but when you actually see it that's already kind of too late and it might not be you know your house flooding or like tornadoes ripping through you know new york city it's you know um food supply is low or there's mass migration into these other places which has a which means that uh, there's difficulty in, you know, healthcare and all that. So, like, there's all these things where 
people start to disperse and there's, you know, they're refugees of climate change and they go in all these different places and it might not affect you immediately, but it'll affect you, um, it might not affect you directly, but the indirect consequences will then hit you quite hard. And so that's where things, that's when it becomes quite real. And yet you can't actually, because they'll, people say, well, actually it hasn't happened yet. So how do you know? It's like, well, it will happen, but it won't happen if we do these things to prevent it. It's very hard to, Yeah. it's always very hard to, um, to do that. But I was actually going to bring up something because you, I know that you, obviously we're getting, we're getting to it. I promise. Um, I know that you love theater and things like that. I do. Um, and I was going to bring up if anyone is listening, a, if anyone, (laughs) if anyone hears me, anyone um, is out there, if anyone is out there and if anyone is interested and also lives in Melbourne, um, they've been doing, I actually missed it this year, which I was, I was quite upset about, but um, they've been doing, there's a five-year project at the Arts House and it is um, just everything. Oh, it's called Refuge. Um, so the Arts House does this thing on climate change called Refuge and it's sort of, immersive theater it's not like you see a play or anything it's just sort of talking about and having discussions on what could this look like what could this look like to first world countries what this could this look like to um certain areas um and this last one so i think first they they dealt with um heat heating up um and next they dealt with pandemic because with more people in one area comes disease and i don't know what's next actually but i it just seemed really cool, and I was, I was like, I can't believe I missed the first two. Like, I'm so mad now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I definitely want to go and. Um, Hopefully, you don't have to experience it for real. Right, right. <laughs> I I want to just go and and experience the art, not yes. the uh, not the actual thing, so we can fix this. And then they discuss, you know, um, oh, it looks like they had Australian Red Cross there as well, like practicing okay. for a disaster, you know, things like that, quarantine. Yeah. Um, it's, it was just really a cool idea because it's sort of, you know, you do need people to convey these messages and it sort yeah. of is a theater forum, but I guess theater's always sort of been about current issues going on. So it's cool that they're, uh, that they're reflecting this. I think. Yeah. I think the immersive experience really helps because mm. it, 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 it's quite, it would be quite alarming, I guess, to be in that moment and you start to have that disbelief thrown out the door and you feel like you're there and um i think there was um the director of the revenant in aratu he did a um vr experience a couple years back for um i think the new york film festival or tribeca i'm not too sure where they had um where it was like a short film about the like a, a a family of refugees or asylum seekers attempting to cross the border uh, into America uh, and then the desperation that they, that they go through to do that. And I think it's a really affecting way to convey something because it's not just having it shown on screen or like flicking through channels or on Netflix or something. It's being in there. And I think you come away feeling very differently in a VR setting compared to, you know, 
essentially the traditional kind of way that you you know you you experience something and that would be the same with the theater one where you're there you've seen all these things happen and you can't kind of ignore that well you'd hope that people wouldn't ignore that but that sounds pretty cool yeah and um i think it's nice because you can also um it's not like i mean immersive is also like haunted house but it's not a haunted house as in just trying to scare you it's haunted house uh, in that it is scary, but it's as if you were going through the haunted house and asking all the monsters questions about themselves. And like, so what makes yeah. you this way? Or, you know, like, so it's very <laughs> like, you know, what what makes this this way? What could we do to change this? You know, do you have answers? No, nobody really has answers. We just have ideas. And then it's sort of this, you know, and then all the monsters like, you know, sit in the back room, like holding hands or something at the end. That's that's my sort of idea. Yeah. That was a really bad anecdote, but it worked somehow. <laughs> You mean analogy? Sorry. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's the one. <laughs> yes. It's that also is a pretty cool one. anecdote, I guess. It's well, it's not because I don't. I think anecdotes have to have happened, and this one has not. Oh, yeah. Wait, does it does it have to have? <laughs> I don't happened? know. I An think anecdote is like a story. Yeah, but it sort of doesn't need to be real, essentially. Oh. A short, I... amusing, or interesting story about a real incident or person. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh. Oh, but it also means an account regarded as unreliable and he- or hearsay. I'm so confused. <laughs> that sounds like what an anecdote is, just a confusing uh, reflection on something. What about the depiction of a minor narrative incident in a painting? Yeah, no. I... Uh, words, man. Yeah. Trucks. Trucks. <sighs> Trucks. Minor. Inversion. Paradox. Paradox. Para pair of ducks. Pa- pair, pair of ducks or pair, pair of trucks. Of ducks. Pair of trucks. Para chocks. Pair. <laughs> what <Purple>. are words? <laughs> Purple socks. Purple socks. Uh, before we get to the thing that we were going to do, you went to go see How to Train Your Dragon. Yes, I did because I was just I was uh, feeling a little sick this week, and I was just so. (laughs) Hence why we're doing it on a Sunday afternoon um, slash evening. And I I was just upset at being sick, I guess. And then um, because I knew I had it was a little bit bad. So I I knew I had a free day, and I happened to feel good that day, and I went to see it because uh, Doug treated me. And he's like, do you want to see this movie? I was like, why would I not? Um, and that we kind of made this plan uh, last week sometimes, sort of like a temporary, you know, sort of like a, ooh, let's do this. Yeah. And then, so we actually, we we did it how I, I think I like to do a lot of things, as in um, if you're seeing the third of something and you haven't seen the others in a while, you watch the others. So right. I, I didn't watch all of, all of uh, you know, Dragon Riders of Burke, all the little episodes or stuff. But yeah. we, had, we had fit in within the last week. Um, we had fit in like little mini movie nights where we, well, no, not even mini movie nights, the whole movie. Genuine um, and movie we, nights, yeah. Yeah, genuine movie nights. We fit in the first one. We fit in the second one. And I was so glad that I did because I think it made, that mu- it made it that much better because yeah. I just hadn't seen it in a while. Um, and I'm, I don't think you've seen it. So I no, won't spoil I anything. Uh, I was going to go fine. see it today, but I ended up not doing that. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I I actually have 
I think a good way to explain how good it was without actually giving anything away. So obviously there are dragons. I'm sorry. Spoilers. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, Back it up. Backing it up. Backing so no spoilers, it up. Jesus. Mm, how to train your dragon. Um, reptile. <laughs> how to train your f- large flying reptile. <laughs> um, I thought that it was one of... Honestly, one of the best trilogies. And it's right up there. And honestly, for me, it's even better because I love this one more. But... Obviously, you've seen Toy Story. Yes. One, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And we liked that because it aged with us. Yeah. And that's, that's true. what made it so special. And I think How to Train Your Dragon does a really good job of aging with us. Because even if you saw it as a kid, like it's still been eight years since the first one. Like it was 2000, or, you know, seven years maybe, 2010, 2011. 2010. Um, yeah, to 2018, or sorry, 2019. Yep. Um, and it it shows in the way that they know that their audience has grown, like their initial right. audience. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it's not like um, I don't know. It, it's not it's not as much of like a oh going off to college kind of thing, but it's it's uh, taking on new responsibilities and actually the problems that they face taking on new problems as well and these problems grow with age and they actually get a little bit more deep and a little bit more adult i feel so um i just i thought that was a really good way and it was just so well written and like i mean the books that it's based on are great totally different to the movies but uh it's it's so cute and obviously you have to love toothless the dragon or you can't be my friend so yeah that's that goes without saying so Mm. you you would say it's quite it's like it's matured uh, yeah. the storytelling and therefore like the characters have matured with it uh, and there's like an understand like like from what from the trailers and, and everything that I've seen so far it, it has that understanding of the audience coming with them on this journey and not being afraid to uh, explore like quite mature and you know I guess uh, themes and, and ideas that have like quite a bit of depth to them yeah well i i would say so because i think it's sort of i mean it is really a coming of age story ultimately um and i think the nice thing for me is that the humor is still there and obviously you're still gonna have those just one-liners that are thrown in there and you're just like why what what (laughs) and i love that and it's not that they've made it not funny or like they've made it anything of of this they've just made sort of what the characters have to overcome um a little bit more in depth every time so I, th- I think it's just been they have to overcome more every time a movie yeah. ends you know y- you can definitely tell that they've they've put more thought into the problems and their adversaries and uh, then you can see yourself in them because you've had to overcome more in the last decade as well you know you have to yeah. keep instead of like having high school homework like you know you moved on to college tests you moved on to interviews you moved on to you know whatever scary adult thing like basically every day yeah (laughs) like like, you know whatever scary adult thing comes at you next you can sort of see that in the fact that oh you know maybe that paper in high school wasn't so scary maybe this is actually the real enemy here yeah like uh, yeah and people and i guess you know people care about these characters so you can you know 
have these stories with it. You know, yeah, you, you oh, and see you're rooting for them the whole time, obviously. Yeah. You love them so much, so it's great to see how they've grown, just, you know, because they have, yeah, they've, they're, they're the same people, but then you get to, get to see those little quirks that come out, I guess. It's pretty cool, like, just, just even, like, I haven't seen this one yet, but, you know, I've seen the trailers, but seeing how they, you see them actually, they've aged them up, and I think that's mm. really cool, and it does give you a sense of, I guess, um, not sadness, but there's, they're not, like, young anymore, and you don't often see that in animated films, or or animation, or cartoons, at all, they all seem, they're always kind of stuck in their say in their original age and so to age mm-hmm. them up as they're exploring and, and growing up is i mean obviously it, it, it's, it's almost like a really bold move to do that because you, you don't often see that happen and you know it just yeah i think that really kind of gives you a sense of i guess you know of, of time passing on and we can all we can all kind of relate to that like you know like, like when you look back over the last 10 years and you sort of think of who you were you know at the start of this decade like it's almost the end of the decade <laughs> oh god oh, you know don't like say that. yeah no. it's just really weird uh yeah like how different you were then and how much the same you were compared to and then you look at yourself now and it can be quite uh astonishing to look back on that and to see mm-hmm. that in in film is because even with toy story the kids, uh, the toys don't age. They're not no, really the that. kid does. And then you just kind of yeah. get all like, my baby. Like, you, you, know, yeah, you get protective. Yeah. You get bittersweet about it. You're like, oh, he was so little when I last saw him. And then you look at yourself. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. I was so little. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where has I was it all so gone? Little. And then it's, you just cry. <laughs> yeah. It was really, that, that's what I think what made Toy Story, like, among a lot of things. But Toy Story 3, that last, like, 20 minutes. Actually, the whole film itself, but realizing the age realizing that andy had grown up uh i think just the the emotional power of that because then you're realizing what the toys are gonna have to go through just ruined everybody who watched those films because we had like you said grown up with them you know like i was andy's age when i saw the first film so yeah it's just insane I suppose it also made us all feel really guilty because we all have like that one teddy bear that's like shoved in the back of the closet. And we're like, oh God, Mr. Snuggles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm I so had, sorry. I had all these toys and like, oh my God, like I don't, where, did, where are they? Did they, where did my parents, I'm assuming it was them, put them? I just don't know. I, I, I'm Ooh. sure there were hundreds of toys I had that I loved. Now I don't know where they are and they're gone mm. forever. They're in the basement. Maybe. Attic? I don't know. We don't have basements here or attics. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's so, right. We don't we just have we have sheds. We have lots of sheds. Ah, oh, true. That's what we've got here in Australia. Just hot sheds. <laughs> like, it's never cool. Even when it's in winter. It's just hot in the shed. I don't like that. No, no, I don't think you would. No. Uh, so should we should we talk about the stuff that we were gonna talk about? Absolutely. I so, am I am here for this. <coughs> so it's been two weeks ish. Uh the hype has died down, all the opinions have been thrown into the into the mix and we've had some time to pass through 
the nominations for the 91st Academy Awards. Ooh, and spoopy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's almost here. It's three weeks away because this is Super Bowl weekend, which is really exciting as well. We could talk about that, but we, we may as well just talk about this first. And so, I will, time. I will time. start off with this. I will name the Best Picture nominees. And um, uh, out of those, let me know which ones you've seen. And, we'll, and then we'll go from there. I, I've actually, <laughs> you know, I, I just played this game when you sent me all the nominees. And you will be disappointed. <laughs> uh... I am preparing myself for it. But here we go, despite mm-hmm. my better judgment. Uh, Black Panther. Black yes. Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book, The Favourite, Roma, Vice, and A Star is Born. Now, that, that was eight. How many have you seen? I have seen one. Fantastic. Yay! <laughs> and that's Did it I for win? this podcast. Awesome. <laughs> you won. You saw the least amount of Best Picture nominations without seeing none of them. I congratulate yes! you on that. Oh. <laughs> this was a good year for you, I think. This was a really good I year. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if... I think they're still... I think you can see them still uh, in places. Like, they're, they're out still, except for Black Klansmen. Everyone, everything else mm. is still sort of, like, playing in other places. But I have, I have some thoughts on this. Wait, how many uh, have you seen? All of them? Yes, I see, I've seen all of them. I saw Green Book oh. earlier in the week. So that, that cleaned it all out. Because it came uh. out came out last week or the week before. So How can it be a nominee if it just came out? Because it came out in America last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's right. So, oh, that's Honestly, just release it on the same day. What the heck? Yeah, I don't know why we... So with, with a lot of these films, I don't know why it, it's ended up like this. Because we get all the other... Uh, we get all the major films out. And, like, so in January of, like, last year, we get, you know, award season contenders and stuff like that that come out, you know, over the week. But, you know, like, Mary Poppins Returns came out New Year's Day, even though it came out a few weeks before in America. But it's just it's just timing, and it's, you know, it's holidays, and it's, it's how to maximize, I guess, um, the... the visibility and box office potential of a of a film in certain regions so i mean look at uh how to train your dragon 3 it hasn't even come out in america yet but it came out here like the first week of january or like new year's day so it just all depends but that's a 2019 film how to train your dragon 3 so most likely you'll see that at the end of the year being this year but also next year when the 2020 Oscars are on because it's going to be a favourite for Best Animation. I guarantee it. Even though it came out, you know, already. But just letting you know that that's how it's going to go into be. But that's how it works. I see. And I don't understand. I see. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Also as well, like with, you know, these Best Picture nominees and award contenders, uh, them being released now sort of in the month of January uh, leading up to the Oscars uh, and, and into February as well is also for Australia, I guess. It, it's, it, again, heightens their visibility. And I guess that's just the way that distributors seem to think is 
the right way to do it at the moment, and I guess it's working out for them. So, which is weird because then you'll see like Australian critics have their best of the year, and you'll see films from actually last year in their best of the year for this year because they were released in Australia this year, and I just don't agree with that. I think it's wrong, completely, objectively wrong, and they should cease doing that immediately. But who's going <laughs> to listen to me? So, no one listens to Ripley. So. <laughs> oh my god nobody listens to ripley but also i i i guess it would be a little less confusing for people like me if they just you know tried to make it around the same date i get why they can't make it yeah. the exact same date um but even the same year would be really helpful yeah exactly like there's no reason why green book couldn't be released at some point in november or, or october or something like that you know, like we but, had, yeah. like A Star is Born was released in October. Sorry, uh, is September or something like that. Same with Bohemian Rhapsody. Same with a few of the other ones as well. Black, Black mm. Klansman. I think Vice was Boxing Day. So even that was like, you know, Boxing Day. Uh, and yeah, and it just, I don't know. It just, I think we're at a stage now where we can have them released if you want them near the end of the year, that's fine. But I, I think there's space for it. You know? Yeah. I, it would I, be nice, but I guess, you know. Yeah. That's a gripe. We've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Is this Is this the same kind of gripe as those uh, three-quarter length shorts? Because that was a good gripe. That was a good gripe. I, I'm more annoyed at the three-quarter length shorts. Ah. With, with the this. truth comes out. Yeah. Because for me, in my reality, I still consider all those films that come out before like in the new year but before the oscars as 2018 films or whatever year it's like the, the academy is actually celebrating so yeah so I, I i'm totally fine with it i just find it vexing sometimes that people i think that's fair i guess if it comes before the oscars you can technically it's like a business year where they have it in yeah like, like, yeah financial june year. or july or something yeah, yeah that's it's it. like yeah it's a hollywood year yeah. yeah they have it in February because yeah. you... that's actually a good idea it's like a mm. like the the lunar new year that's it like it's not the calendar year it's the Hollywood year I'm yeah. gonna go with that I think that's 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 uh that's a good idea whatever helps right? yeah that whatever helps. helps that helps so <laughs> my my thoughts on this uh after going through the whole thing and you know, seeing all these reactions and, and, and opinions and, you know, all the, oh, who got snubbed and who got robbed and whatnot that always follow these, the, the nominations being released, is that of the, all the Best Picture nominees, all of it was, in the end of the day, very predictable. Um, mm. You sort of saw it coming through a lot of the other nominations that came up. So there was no surprise that Black Panther was going to be nominated. Uh, same with Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book. Actually, with all of them. Uh, and with people saying how bold it is that Black Panther got nominated, I don't think it is. It's a very safe bet because it's. it would have been more of a surprise if it didn't get nominated simply because of the, the groundswell of support and campaigning for it that it just it just had to be in the mix and it was in all these other awards uh, shows and everything like that. So it had to be there. Uh, at the same time, it still seems a bit weird that that's like the first comic book film to be nominated for Best Picture. 
but it's a very, very safe, comfortable bet for Academy voters to nominate that film. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is just weird that it's somehow got this momentum. It's so aggressively mediocre. Like, it's not... I don't not like it. Yeah, like, it's just really, really mediocre. Um, Like, just hitting all the beats that you... you, It's so predictable. So, so predictable. Uh, And then Rami Malek's just amazing in it. He's so, so great in it. And I'm trying... But somehow, like, he's dragging the film along with it, and it's getting more, like, sort of these award accolades than it really kind of deserves. I think because of a Malik's performance, I think because it has the whole idea of it being a very, you know, it's portraying Queen and Freddie Mercury and what, I guess, what they represented, and it made $800 million worldwide, which is a big thing. And there's a lot of campaigning and politicking, you know, to get votes for it. So it has so much exposure that it just somehow people, I guess, I, I, I think I need to, I guess, this is a genuine question. Like, am I missing something is what I'm, is, I guess is where I'm going with this is, am I genuinely missing something with Bohemian Rhapsody? Like, is it a better film than critics and people are actually saying? Like... Because I've heard, you know, you know, from moviegoers that it's, you know, critics don't know what they're talking about, and it's really fun, and it's like, yeah, that's fine, but is it like, like I've seen really popular mediocre films before, and it, they haven't been on the radar. I think it's just because it's almost like a perfect storm of elements that have coagulated to make this a thing and momentum's a really important thing and so you know people see Bohemian Rhapsody and go like you know um, Academy voters and go yeah I'm just going to nominate that one because it's it's so uh, it's so so visible but I just see it as something that's going to be very 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 forgettable uh, same with The Green Book I see that as a very forgettable film like it's fine like it's it's nice, and it's very cliched and stereotypical. There's a good chemistry between Mahershala, Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen. I adore those actors, obviously Viggo, because of him being in Lord of the Rings, and he's just a really an amazing, intense actor. And there's a lot of interesting, quirky stuff as well. Uh, and Ali just has just a huge, fantastic presence that... You know, I just... He just elevates a lot of everything that he's in, despite the material that he has to work with. Like, his work in True Detective is fantastic and just really suits that world and and, and those stories. But this just feels... And so they work well together, but the material is just so trite and it's... Like, I I don't want to... I feel like this is a lazy kind of explanation but like it's a very hollywood version of race relations and it's almost just to make the audience feel good without actually having them explore or question anything and yeah it just again it just seems like something that will just fade away quite quickly 
compared to other films that have explored race relations this year. But at the same time, like I said at the very start, it's a it's it makes sense for Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody to be nominated for Best Picture. Like objectively, if you look at the history of the Oscars, they're you know again again I hate to say use this term, but Oscar bait film is out there. Yeah. Whether it's intentional or not, it's there. And uh, the Academy, the voters, gravitate towards it. Uh, not that it's a terrible thing. I'm not, like, it's not bad. They're movies. Like, it's not the end of the world. Uh, like climate change. But it's... <laughs> but it's understandable that it's going to be there. So the... the I, I guess when I, when I look at a lot of the reactions to things... That's why I think, like, Black Panther's... It's the type of film that makes sense to be in the conversation as a Best Picture nominee because it ticks all the boxes. Like, it's a really good film, but it's still a Marvel film that doesn't really transcend its genre, and it doesn't even, like... Like, you know how Indiana Jones is, like, a really amazing... Like, Raiders of the Lost Ark is, like, a perfect adventure action film, but it also kind of... Like, it works at every... Like, at every level, it works at the very top of that level. The chemistry, the characters, the action... The story, it's yeah. all so... Like, it's just perfect. Whereas Black Panther, it doesn't have that level of, like, it's just working at a level that, trans, like, is beyond any other comic book film. It just it just seems to be doing really well and also is hugely important, which is probably one of the reasons why it did get nominated. But it also shouldn't lessen the impact that that film had because it's... It just it need it needed it was a film that needed to happen, whether it was now it, it's 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 perfect that it happened now compared to ten years ago. I feel like it's in a better position now, ironically, but they're films that make sense if you look at the history of the Oscars objectively. It's no surprise that those films are in there. Same with Vice, um, which is Adam McKay's uh, latest film, who did The Big Short. It has the same. Uh, method and style of the big short but it's less chaotic and I think the subject is doesn't it doesn't kind of like is it as conducive to Micaiah's storytelling as what the big short was all about which is it's funny because the big short's like a drama then it's a comedy and then it's a horror film and it's still so affecting and three or four years on it feels like it's actually becoming a much much more acclaimed film like time is treating the big short really really well whereas Vice is fine, and Christian Bale is transcendent in it. It's amazing, but again, like it's a film that you would expect to be in the conversation, even though it might not be as resonant as some other films that might be a little bit more obtuse or esoteric. Uh, so yeah, and then you come to like the ones that I feel like should have been in there. Obviously, uh, so A Star Is Born always was in the mix once it got really rave reviews and made a bucket load of money and it's a really fantastic film even though it does fall away in the second half because when it reaches that peak and uh lady gaga comes out on stage i forget her her actual character name and she actually becomes (laughs) she she goes out on stage for the first time and sings shallow it's a spine tingling moment that is just it's it's thrilling in so many ways I, I like if you don't get goosebumps watching it, then you're not human. Uh, that the second half just cannot 
uh, match it. And I think that's where you see Bradley Cooper's, I guess, directorial and experience filter through a little bit. Not to say that it wasn't a solid directorial effort, but it did definitely kind of uh, lose its way a bit in that second half. But that first half was astounding. On just fantastic, intimate, and gargantuan at the same time. You could tell that Bradley Cooper was really enjoying himself acting as well as with the the musicianship and the directing uh, element of it. And then The Favourite is so stunningly amazing that it's in this, in the group here. Like, it's by, um, oh, how do I pronounce his name? Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, a Greek man, uh, who did uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer and Dogtooth and The Lobster. And they're very tough films to watch. They're very dry. They're very brutal. Uh, they they can't, they're sort of like Kubrickian and they're very, they, uh, they kind of almost parody and laugh at the human condition and the, I guess, the frailty of human nature. But the favourites, much more not accessible, but just it's much more connected to real life, and it's so fantastically made. It's it's so hilarious, like it's it's laugh out loud hilarious, like it's essentially a comedy, and it's a fantastic yeah, yeah. comedy. And you know, it's set in the sixteen hundreds or fifteen. I'm not too sure with Queen Anne, and it's based on real events. And it's just it fills me with so much joy that it's in the conversation, uh, it won't win. It just, it's just, it's, it it cannot win because it just logically, it just won't have the votes for it. Uh, it's such a very, it's a small film. Um, I can see it getting shut out actually a lot, even though it got nominated for 10 and then Roma, which is the most beautiful film of the year. Uh, but that's just my opinion is the favorite to win and rightly so. And I think it would be even more stunning that it won. Not because it's from Netflix. Netflix didn't make this film. It just distributed it. But that a film such as that kind of cuts through a lot of the, I guess, issues and topics and subjects that people have been yelling about over the past year. It just It's just a really... It just celebrates, you know, ordinary people in an in an intimate epic way and it's just astounding filmmaking that you don't need to be a cinephile or a film snob to enjoy it is what i'm saying you can just experience this film and because it's on netflix it's very accessible and i think it just feels like the right choice as the best film of like for the academy to have it as the best film of the year like all the other ones it just it just seems head, head and shoulders above the rest. So, yeah. So, at the moment, I see it as a three-horse race between Vi- uh, the Roma, Green Book, and A Star is Born. But when I say that, I say it with reasonable confidence that Roma is kind of like a length and a half in front of the other two horses. That being said, I have no idea how it's going to f- work out. It's the Oscars. Anything could happen. But usually that the pre- the predictable will happen even though it can also not happen just because it has happened doesn't mean it will happen again 
So that's where I am with the Best Picture nominees. We have many more cat. No, we don't. <laughs> I, won't, I won't be as in depth. But that was that was my thought on it. It's a it's the Oscars at the moment. Uh, more recently, and how like how I've come to see it is a is a crystallization of the zeitgeist of this moment in film, in cinema, and then it takes five to ten years for the films that will actually last to rise to the top. Uh, for it, so. Like for, for classic example is in two thousand and five with Brokeback Mountain, Mountain not winning, but it's clearly the best film from two thousand and five, or the most like the one that's resonated the most because it's just real like the ones that are just really good films. Like regardless of what it's about, like the ones that are just fantastically made, powerful, compelling, thrilling, emotional films are the ones that just rise to the top because why not? Like that's it just seems logical for those things to happen like the ones that are of its time or are right in a wave of current momentum will eventually you know the wave will crash and they will recede back into the ocean of time that's, that, i guess that's what i'm trying to say there so that's that's my thoughts on the best bitch nominees come at me people mm. it's just me here really oh okay uh, so there's only one people um, uh, I I would it's it's interesting. So obviously I'm not going to go as in depth because I've only seen one of them. But I ha- I know what the other ones are about, or I know yeah. enough about them to know, you know, just sort of what they're about. Um, I guess I it's been a really long time. I'll be honest, it's been a really long long time since I've actually been interested in the Oscars at all because I just see a lot of films. Like, when they win Best Picture and stuff, like, they were made for the Oscars. And that's what I've yeah. seen a lot in the past. And I just kind of go, oh, well, well, my films are never going to make it then because I enjoy different things than them. And that's okay, too. Yeah. Um, so I guess my most important categories tend to be things like Best Soundtrack because that one seems like, you know, uh, you know Best Animated Film because yeah, you know, that, exactly. that's sort of more along my lines of... of, of fun i guess yeah but it opens Uh, it up more it opens it up yeah it opens it up and it doesn't sort of um you know bottleneck it into one category like oh it's a dramatic film yeah well that's an oscar film um exactly i i guess i'm really happy and i i didn't i didn't know for sure if it would be picked but i am very happy that black panther and black klansman are in there and I yes, kind yeah. of, I, I don't know if they'll be picked, but I, I do hope that one of them will be picked. And I actually want to see Black Klansman, so I feel like that might be a really As, good pick. As, like, to win Best Picture. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah. Black but, Klansman uh, is really, really, like, it's, it's really great. I really And I've heard film. you say it's very powerful. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I just feel like if you're going for a powerful, dramatic movie, and that you, one that really reflects the times, um, that one could be really good. But yeah. I, you know, once again, I have, I have my doubts with, how things will play out and stuff. But um, I'm really happy that not because it's a Marvel movie or because it's action movie or anything like that. I'm just happy that, that they acknowledged that Black Panther is groundbreaking because of the cast. Um, yeah. That's a big the, part of it. Yeah. I think, I think it's not so much the storyline. It's what everyone did to make it a movie. And I think that was, was important to be acknowledged, and I'm I'm so happy that it's not just another white bread Oscars. Like, oh, I wonder who's gonna win? Yeah, probably the yeah. white guy. Um, there is a lot of 
diversity and not not because it's required like it doesn't feel forced either mm. um it just feels like it it's a natural inclination just because there's a many more diverse films out there for that well, that's good that's yeah. perfect like we don't want to force this we just want people to be like we want this diversity and we're going to have it um i think yeah. that's so 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 important um just could, you know because like, be i i don't really yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't really mind, you know, who wins, but I just want everyone to sort of be involved in the the making of well, this and, you know, yeah. like the voting and everything. Like That's the thing. Like, if it's... The, the, the best way for everyone to get involved is not through... But is, well, not through quotas, but to, like, have more films that are about more people and, and different types of people. So that means that when those films come up and they're better, you can actually connect more to them instead of having a narrower field. You know, when it's more diverse, it allows for, I guess, a better range of films to be considered. And, like, obviously, I prefer some films to not be there. But then at the same time, it's a very diverse... Like, like, yeah, I would rather Sorry to Bother You to be in there instead of green book because sorry to bother you is amazing but at the same time i understand why that wouldn't be in there because it's just not uh, it's not uh, it's 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 way too weird you know and it it didn't have the traction to get a huge you know i guess oscar push and that's understandable in a perfect world it would be same with first reform i don't know how that how Ethan Hawke didn't get a Best Actor nomination. He's hands... Like, it was the best performance I've seen this year. And that film is one of the best I've seen this year. But, again, I can understand why that film didn't get nominated. You know, it, uh, Paul Strader got uh, nominated. Uh, his screenplay got nominated, which is great. And that makes total sense. Like, it's a really great screenplay. But, you know, it's just... You know, you can have these arguments about why this film didn't make it in and why that film didn't make uh, made it in. But if I, I've said this a few times, like if you take a step back, you can understand why it's expected. And like you were saying before, is that when it's more diverse, you get more unexpected films to get in there. So even stuff like like with Roma and Black Klansman and The Favorite, even getting in there. Um, <clears throat> you know, some films like I, I was disappointed that. Uh, if Bill Street Could Talk, which is an, which is by Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight from a couple of years back, didn't get as much love this year, but um, he's, he got nominated for three Oscars, which is still, you know, three more Oscar nominations than I've ever got so far. Uh, stuff like Widows as well, which is uh, by... Who's that guy? Um... It's it's coming. It's coming. You're it's, on your own for this one. You know uh, I don't know it. It's a heist film, which is great. It's by Steve McQueen. Oh. <clears throat> uh, and yeah, it's again. It was. It's it's a heist film. It's got great actors in it. It's a powerful story, very relevant story, but it just didn't have the traction. Didn't it? Didn't make as like if it had a stronger box office pull. I call this the Steve Jobs effect from the Steve Jobs film from a few years back which was hugely anticipated. That was me hitting the mic. Uh, hugely <laughs> anticipated and, like, was just racking up all these sort of, like, glowing reviews and acclaim and <clears throat> everyone saying it's a lock for best picture, best director, you know, all these all these awards. <clears throat> and 
you know, was like tearing up the festival circuit and then uh, opened in limited release and just was like making huge amounts of money like per screen average, which is tends to be like uh, a good signifier and then got to like its wide expansion and just fell flat. And that was it. And it got nominated for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Screenplay. Uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. And it might have been a couple more in there. But that was it. It just, it, it lost all the oxygen of it just went out. Because it didn't, it didn't hit the box office well enough. And it just fell away. And that's what some of these films, like First Man, I'm disappointed. Like that's was one of my favorite films of the year. But again, it was soft at the box office. It, it was a different film than I think people thought it might have been, even though it was highly acclaimed. And it just, you know, it kind of got swallowed up by other more, I guess, relevant or topical films. And it had some weird political controversy because of the fact that you don't see the American flag in it, even though you do see it. But it's just a weird thing that came with it. Even it, it which is just, it's a, it was a non-issue. I don't know why it was there. But yeah, so there's... <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, so there are things like that that pop up and, and in it as well, that like actual films that you would consider in the Oscar race not quite really making too much of a splash. And, and that happens every year. But it's good to kind of see a much more diverse film, diverse slate of films, but doesn't. But they're also like, it's not negating quality either. Like they're still really like across the board, like, all the films that were nominated in all the categories, you know, you still get some that are like, ah, that's mediocre, but whatever. Like, it's always been there for every Oscars. But you're still getting a great number of films, but they're all quite diverse in their story and characters. That's all mm. I've got to say. <laughs> Um, I was going to throw in sort of a wrench to the to the topic um, okay. because I was reading and and I think the thing that you sent me that's that's all the Oscar categories we have. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. Uh, so my I guess my first point is why the hell does it take so long then? And the second point is like if they just said <laughs> the names and got it over with. But yeah. no, they can't do that. Nope. Um, and the second point I'd like to make is I think they're missing a a. They're, they're focusing on some things. And I know they've added some categories, yeah. um, obviously, to sort start, start um, acknowledging crew and, and, and everything like that. But I yeah. think they're still missing so many things that they could be focusing on. They could be focusing on videography. They could have, you know, best camera person, um, best, you know, light. Like, well, I think they have lighting. Well, they have, um, like, so, like... I guess camera, like videography, stuff like that is is cinematography. Yeah. Okay. So that, that would that sort makes of, sense. And like, but it's only for I guess like it's still like the one person. Um, yeah, they should have the team. Instead, yeah, you know? but I guess it's sort of uh, you're like yeah. So I, I kind of see what you're saying because like the one person gets it, but like they also acknowledge their team. But yeah, it is. It is a bit. Everyone should you get feel a like there's a Oscar. lot more, yeah, <laughs> like um, a little tiny Oscar, like a fun size Oscar. What about another best? really? Sorry, you go. Oh, I think you were about to. I think you were about to say it. I was, yeah, but you're, we're, you're we're actually you, yeah. We're missing stunt people. Yes, we're missing stunt people, and it, I think it's because people don't take 
action movies as seriously, but these people are literally putting their lives on the line. So can we give them a little bit of love, please? It's and you don't really see that in any other medium. Like I, I, I could, it makes sense to have. It's it's an art form for sure. It is. It is. It takes so much training to even be good at this stuff. Yeah. Like not that I've done it, but you know, I've I've met people who do it, and I'm like, wow, you are so badass. Like <laughs> you deserve this. Like, yeah. You, you need you need awards, man. I just I the 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 loudness is growing for this to be a the noise is growing for this to be a category. I'm excited. I really want it to be. But along with that, maybe also stunt choreography. Who who uh, choreographs oh, the stunts? Oh, okay. Fights, yeah, things yeah. Things like that. That would go hand in hand with it. So I yeah. think stunt people and um, the people who make stunts safe and look yeah. really cool so you've should, got, should definitely. So you've got best stuntmen, whatever that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that category. So the people who are actually doing the stunts. And then you've got best stunt choreography. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that would make a lot of sense, but I'm yeah. wondering, and I'd love your input on this. Um, you know how we said, um, we were sort of talking about it before, like, you know, a lot of dramatic films get in and a lot of films that don't really have as many stunts. And I guess it's sort of, I'm wondering if because the films that they're looking for for best picture aren't usually something like Black Panther, are they just glossing over that because they just don't realize that, you know, there are films with really great stunts in them? Like, are I, they kind of just... Yeah, it's missing out on that. It's strange because stunts have been in cinema ever since it began. And yeah. it's, you know, the, the Oscars and all these other awards, but mainly the Oscars uh, and I guess the BAFTAs as well. But the Oscars sort of have much more categories and like in the technical areas uh, mm-hmm. celebrate the art of film, you know, celebrate cinema and action films are so, so legitimate. Like, it's it's not even a question. Like, they're not fluff. Uh, I mean, obviously, some are. Like, like you know, <laughs> most... Oh, always, know, always. Yeah, yeah, some are. Like, same with, like, drama and all the, like all these other genres. They, there are stuff that's just very forgettable. Like, actually, you know, there's a healthy number of films that are just there. They exist, and that's all they do. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best films of the year is Mission Impossible Fallout. Like, it's a genuinely great film. And... I almost go. I would almost go as far as say that Tom Cruise should have been nominated for Best Actor. Like, that's the performance that he's putting on there. Like more than like a lot of these ones that were in consideration. Like he's throwing his body on the line to provide these thrills that are so visceral. It's that, hard. Yeah, it's it's and to still act as well to still perform and convey the, his character. Which I mean, you know, granted he's been doing it for twenty five years now. <laughs> is like just you know like it's it's such an art form it's it's so uh difficult and and you know to to be able to do that successfully is just mind-boggling and i think that's in addition to the stunt men and the stunt choreography stunt women as well like i don't know whether you might actually have a separate thing because you might I mean, you probably could have like stunt women and stunt men as separate categories i feel like there's enough on both sides for that to be a thing um, yeah. is that it just, that's a big, hur- like, that's like the one big hurdle to get over. It just, it just seems so logical for that to be a thing. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's really hard to have genre film, uh, not, not just 
win anything, but actually be nominated. Like, a couple of years back, Arrival got nominated for quite a few things, and it got nominated for Best Picture yeah. and Best Director uh, and Best Adapted Screenplay. But it was also sort of a drama, and I loved Arrival. I think it was... Like, I had it at the top of my list as the best film of 2016. And I watch it, you know, twice a year. Like, I just it's such a powerful, relevant film. But that's as far as it kind of goes. Like, it'll get nominated... Like it's sort of pu- like it's pure sci-fi, but very heady and intelligent sci-fi. But it doesn't hide its genre either. Like it's just a really beautiful film, like sci-fi film. And same with yeah. um, like Gravity was kind of the same thing, uh, which is, which was Alfonso Cuarón's previous film up t- um, before Roma, and that was sort of hard science fiction because it was set in sort of like the current day or near near future. Uh, but again, like it's heavily a genre film, a huge amount of special effects, and it had a lot of momentum. But it also had Twelve Years a Slave to contend with, and that's a much oh, more that's fair. Yeah, and that's a re- and Twelve Years a Slave is such a great film as well. Oh, so I, I, I have actually seen that one. Are you proud of me? I am proud of you. Actually, I cried so hard. I'm I cried you a clap so hard. This is why I can't. Oh my god! I just this is why I can't do things because I would just like be like, oh, a sad film. Should I just start crying five minutes beforehand? Yeah, yeah. Just get it all out now, mm. really. But then it'll keep going, and then I'll be like, oh god, why yeah, am I so dehydrated? <laughs> Have like multiple bottles of water when you're when you're uh, watching sad films, please. I I think so for yeah. for your health. Is that when did you watch Twelve Years a Slave? Like how long um, after it came out? I don't know. When did it come out? 2013. I watched it in 2014. That's not too bad. That's pretty good. That's not too bad. Yeah. Like early 2014 or late 2014? Um, I Let's see. I actually watched it over here when I was visiting Doug for a month. So it would have been May, May okay. or June. All right. So that's middle, not too bad. middle. Yeah, that's not it's too not bad. It's not as bad as I've been. No. Other no. Considering yeah, like, that oh. I... Yeah. Still haven't seen The Godfather 2, so that's fine. Yeah, and you're still not over the first one. So. I <laughs> I miss her already, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need to watch part one again, just to sort of, like, recap everything, oh, and please. then get into I part I don't remember two. anything. I was, <laughs> I was so distraught after that that I just zoned out the rest of the movie. I was like, where yeah. is she? Apollonia! It sounds not... like Appaloosa, but... <laughs> She's not coming back. Uh, mm. Yeah. She, mm. spoiler alert, Apollonia wow. didn't make it out of that driveway, just quietly. Spoiler alert, yeah. wow. I didn't even spoil anything for you today, and you spoiler alert that a dead character's already dead for me. Thanks <laughs> for that. Just memories are coming back that you didn't want to remember. Mm. No, so, here's, so you know how you sound like best uh, score or best soundtrack? Where did it go? Yes. Um, so have you heard some of these scores? Uh, oh, or... I don't have the page open. Okay, so it's Black Klansman, Black Panther, If Bill Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, which is a really cool score, and Mary Poppins Returns. Which, again, I'm not... Ooh, I... Have you seen Mary Poppins Returns? No, I haven't. I actually thought that was... Oh, well, now I'm upset that Mary Poppins Returns wasn't in one of the best movie slots, but okay. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Lynn manuel Miranda, I love you so much. Uh, he is pretty great. Yeah, like, um, 
I trust Mary Poppins Returns to have a good soundtrack. I have I have obviously heard Black Panther soundtrack, and I yes. did really love it. Um, and I just... I haven't heard the others, but I would be willing to say that all of them are really... I just am so impressed with movie soundtrack writers. Like, generally, oh, yeah. movie soundtracks. Um, like, just thank you for existing, because, wow, you've put a lot of effort into this. It's the new orchestra, you know? It's the new ballet. It's 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 so complex. It's the emotional core of a film, I think. Mm, absolutely. You know? Just you watch a film without it, and it sort of loses something. And it's I thought just it was footage just footage at that point. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, it's just dailies. That's all it is. Yeah, it's, it's incomplete. Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, I think it's got nominated for three or four Oscars. So original score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw it in there somewhere. Original song as well. Uh, costume design. Oh, that's it. And I'm pretty sure production design. Yes, it is. So, got four. The other, the most nominations were The Favourite and Roma with ten. And then... That's pretty good. A Star is Born and Vice with eight. And then Black Panther I with seven. I'm so happy that Black Panther is nominated for Best Costume. And if it doesn't win, I will actually throw things at my wall. Where? Okay, Which is bad because I'm in a rental. Yeah, <laughs> don't you? Okay, so... Let me have a look. I haven't seen Mary Queen of Scots, uh, but uh, I, I've uh, seen fair, trailers. I've seen it's very impressive costumes for historical yeah. stuff, and they do work yeah. very hard on that. But I just feel like making a whole new country and taking from different tribes. Like you know, like we talked about the costumes on here a while ago. I don't know. Let's yes. sort through our podcast and find it, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I won't go all through it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. But I just feel like it was such a big job, and the fact that they that they did it so well, and they took so many aspects of um, what we just don't really. Okay, what we and by we I mean me as a white person, like we don't really. You're see white, and I what? thought you I know. <sighs> it's the same thing, man. I'm like an ice zombie at this point. I think. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Continue. But I just. Oh no, that was, I mean that was it. I just, oh, okay, I just yeah, think like yeah. historical costuming is hard, but you at least have something to go off of. Yeah, and yeah. Making your own sort of making your own culture, culture? Yeah. and making it believable and diverse enough and you know, designing every single tribe, like that was just and lived freaking in. impressive. It doesn't and feel like it in. was Yeah, it doesn't feel like it was like there and then like it just disappeared. Like it just felt like it was part of the it felt connected and organic to it instead of it mm. being like kind of like surface level sheen. Yeah, like costumes and hair was just oh my god. Yeah. If nothing else, they Although, have to win for that. It didn't win it didn't get nominated for makeup and hair. <gasps> How yeah. the hell not? Okay. Yeah, that... that's a weird one. That's makeup and hair is strange because it only it limits it to three uh nominations. Like oh, nomination. It should be slots. more, I think. It Yeah, it's... I don't know why it's uh, you know, like, to, like you take a look at um, best original song, and I, I can't. I don't think there's enough. I didn't think there would be enough for five songs to be nominated, like worthy songs. I, I feel like there's a lot more makeup and hair styling in films that are worthy of being nominated. So I, I don't know why they haven't opened up the number of slots for nominations yet. Yeah, and I just, I mean. I don't, uh, there there wasn't as much makeup in it necessarily, I don't think. No, but, but the hair. Just in, re- 
in regards to yeah. hair, they they did amazing things. They they did stuff that really works for for mm-hmm. um like the characters. I, I, yeah, like for yeah. the characters, they didn't. Um, what am I trying to say? They they didn't uh, sort of like make any of the characters' hair seem like whiter, you know, by straightening it or like you know they let it be natural. Like, like they unique? worked with natural hair. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and they worked so hard. And like some of the some of those actors were seriously, you know, they they like I don't even know how they do it, but it was so amazing. But they'd like wrap it up, you know, two days before, and then they take it out the night before filming, and it would be like. Perfect. Oh and right, okay. Like they had to do a lot of work for these characters, and it just yeah, seems it, like I don't know if the academy even realizes how well, much work they extra work the, they would have had. Yeah, to put that's in. the thing. Like just thinking about it now, like yeah, I, I completely forgot that. It, I, I just assume that Black Panther would have been nominated for makeup and hair because it's so crucial and essential and tied to like costume design, and and I guess mm. to go even further out production design, which. I'm pretty sure it did get nominated. Yes, it did. Um, yeah, so let's... I was thinking, even though you've seen, like, a minimal amount of these films, <laughs> how well, about well, we... Well. Yeah, how about we do a little bit of little bit of predicting? We might, do a little, we might do something a little bit more before the thing happened, but let's, let's go with a few here now. Um, ones that you hope to win. Even though we may not have seen all these films, but uh, yes, oh, ones let's... that I hope to win. Let me get that that site back up because I accidentally closed it. And then when yeah. I said, "Oh, I don't have it up," I never did anything to tried. fix that. Tried. I didn't even try. Um, okay, you know, you know, Tony, you um, know? you know. Okay, so best picture, I would love it <laughs> okay obviously i'd love it if black panther won but yeah. i think just judging by everyone's reactions i really think it would be great if black Klansman won um that would be great and i think that's a more realistic you know because i know they like the drama like yeah the actual drama not you know not as much the action so i think that's a more realistic choice for me it feels like a dark horse black Klansman. like it hasn't been in the conversation but it yeah like the like there are dark horse ones out there, and that feels that seems like one that's right to be in that category. So you're, that's the one you want. It's the one that feels. That's the one I. That's yeah. the one that I want. Yes. Yeah. Ooh ooh ooh. <laughs> the one that I want. Uh, what about you? Oh, well, let well, me guess. Roma. Uh, Green Book. No, uh, definitely Roma. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Rip. shits on Green Book for five full minutes and then picks it. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> Plot twist. I loved it all along. Uh, yeah, definitely Roma. I there's nothing close to it for me. And the fact that the thing is, it sometimes it doesn't quite match up when it comes to like what I would like to win and what is a favorite to win. Which the fact that Roma is favorite to win actually scares me uh, because. Just I'm just never certain about things. Like my brother will like Chris will be like, Oh who's on the yarn? They have a Facebook page and a new video that came up this week. Uh he we like, Nick, who do you think will win? Blah 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 blah. And I'll throw them all out there, but I'm just never certain. Even though I, I'm 
I know my Oscars, it just ends up being like this weird, just, I just don't feel confident in myself at all. So I would love Roma to win, but I would not be surprised if Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody or Black Panther won, or A Star Is Born, or Black Landsman, or Vice. The favourite would be weird if it won, but I would also kind of like it if it did win. That would be pretty cool. Because it's such a great film. Like, okay. But yeah, so we're going Roma and Black Klansman. If we wanted to be objective, if we wanted to be objective, I'd still go Roma. But is that me being objective or subjective? Well, I don't know. I I did have the thought that maybe the Oscar committee is just listening in and they're going to pick whatever we don't say. So like a write-in, it's like Bumblebee yeah, like, wins. Oh my! Although God. again, I'd be like okay with that because I actually... would, I would literally have no issues with. Bumblebee was yeah, pretty great. Whatever, it was good. Uh, okay, so lead actor. What's um I, just because I heard that Rami was really good, um, and I saw you know I saw some stuff, not not like super a lot of stuff, but I feel like. You know, to really get into Freddie Mercury, you really yeah. gotta, like, he's a cool guy. You, yeah. you gotta get in there. Um, I would say Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. Also, I think he was in Night at the Museum, and I just like him as a person. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a yeah, pharaoh. He was. He's a pharaoh in Night at the Museum. I and he's knew also, it. And he's also Egyptian, so it's like. Oh, it's yeah. freaking perfect. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that'd be really cool if he won. I do love um, Rami. I don't know. If, <laughs> but, you know, if you say. Because you your said intuition he really is, brought that... Yeah, your intuition is really good. Like, he is... He is... Yeah. Him and Christian Bale are the two that are at the top of the list. I kind of... It, it feels like Rami Malek's to lose at this point. But, mm. again, I don't know what's going to happen. But I would Rami like Rami. Win. I would like Rami to win. I did like Christian Bale in Vice, but... He, he did... He was, it, his performance was, like, kind of like Rami Malek's, where it was much better than the film it was in. But I think Vice is also a better film than Bohemian Rhapsody. Also, can we just talk about how there's four white guys out of five people in total? That is that is interesting. There is mm, who's considering that Black Klansman is nominated for Best Picture, but yeah, I was a little bit kind of um, didn't think he would be. uh, What's the guy's name? I'm always. What's going on? Give me one second. I've got the thing. Uh, he's, uh, what's it called? He's Denzel Washington's son. John David Washington. He's was He was in the mix. He was like nominated for in every, in so many of them. I'm like, he's a shoo to be nominated. And then he didn't. And it's just, you got these weird idiosyncrasies that, that <laughs> pop up when it comes to... I'm sorry, Adam Driver is nominated for Black Klansman, but yeah. not... It I... is weird. Like, Adam Driver's been nominated in... In all the other he's white. awards, yeah, but he's also part just, of the thing. He, no, 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 that's fine. But then, can you not nominate the lead it, it's, actor? Yeah, in Black it just it's it's weird. It really is weird. It just am I the only one who sees the problem here? No, I, okay. I can see I can see the problem. Thank you. I I mean, like as much as Vigo, he's done better work. But at the same time, he's been nominated in all the in all the awards up to this point. William Dafoe, I've never seen it at Eternity's Gate, but I do want to check it out. And it's um, he plays uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, but that can that sort of came out of nowhere. So 
I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the John David Washington thing might be he's too young. I don't know. It's just weird. It, oh, God, I, I looked at a it, youth thing. Yeah, maybe a youth thing. We're we're just not. We're still so young. Oh my God. We've got to earn our keep. Uh, but yeah, I I'd like Rami to take it out. Yeah, yeah. Despite fuck it. my Rami, you take this. <laughs> you take this. Despite despite my ambivalence, my strong ambivalence toward Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Go, Rami. Uh, lead actress. I have managed to see all of them apart from Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Okay. And yeah, I heard Lady Gaga did a really good job. She is pretty amazing. Nice if we had some, if we had a little bit of crossover there. I do like Melissa McCarthy as a person. Obviously, yeah. I haven't seen any of these movies, so I'm oh, are you a friend of nice people, just... but yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Personal friend. We write emails all the time. Uh, no, I'm. I think just from hearsay, I think Lady Gaga's a strong choice. But I know there was some backlash, like, oh, you can't have an a singer get an Oscar, and I was like, why not? Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's so I, I don't know if that would maybe hurt her because she was first a singer and now she's gone into acting as well. And if people are gonna be like, oh no, it's not the right we, insert we whatever <laughs> argument here. We've said this many times when we've talked about movies and people uh, complaining about certain elements from movies. It's just weird hills to die on. Like it's just like everyone's just searching for something to complain about, you know. I, like, I have no problem with Lady Gaga being nominated. It's just really... Like, she's an actress, actress as well. Like, she's in American Horror Story. She's been doing that for multiple seasons. Like, yeah. she's... She doesn't, but she doesn't need to, like, earn her keep either. Like, um, Yelitsa Aparicio, who is the... Uh, who's plays Cleo in Roma, who also got nominated, which I am so happy she, she did. I want her to win. That's my thing. Like, she needs to win. Like, she's amazing in it. And, like, she's um, an indigenous uh, Mexican. Um, I'm not sure, like, what her tribe or, or, or like, sort of, like, her back, uh, background is. Because uh, I forget those things. But she's amazing in it. Like, stunning. Like, so just humane and humble and powerful and vulnerable and all these different things. And she's a first-time actress. She went, she went to the audition just to check it out. Just to see what oh, was going on. Oh, she's got such a... She's, she seems like a really nice person yeah. just looking at her. So I'm, I, you know, I'm definitely... I'd be happy if she won yeah. as well. And Alfonso Cuaron was like, that's the one. She's, she's the one. Like, I love it. Yeah. So I would love for her to win. I also did put like 50 bucks on her to win. So I would love that as well to, <laughs> to come up. Please Wait, win. Do you, do you bet on the Oscars? Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh. All right. because I, I did I didn't bring know up that was a thing you could do oh yeah it's a big thing that you can do all the categories apart from the short film subjects I think because uh, the best costume design like when we're talking about that one I, I brought up the the list of like the odds for it and Black Panther's $4.55 but the favourites $1.19 because you know how you're talking about the fa- like the favourites uh, period piece Oscars tend to go towards that but just the love that Black Panther has. I mean, I can see it winning some technical things. So it could, it could sort of get one there in the costume design. Like it's a very, it's a very pronounced costume design. Like it's very obvious, which is which is very helpful. So it could work there. But yeah, Aparicio, if I'm hopefully we're pronouncing that correctly, 
We would love for her to win Best Lead Actress. Please. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be Glenn Close. She's like the favorite now. So. <sighs> <sighs> All right. I mean, I like the two. But... <laughs> uh how about i don't want to go through all of them because there's a lot <laughs> there is there are so many can what i just a... say for animated feature yeah. i would be happy if spider-man ralph breaks the internet or incredibles 2 won. so i'll say i'll just throw that out there i feel like you've got a, there's a good chance that those three will win one of those yeah three one of those three win. and i'm like i'm okay with any one of them and honestly i'd be okay with any one of the five so really like and it's weird yeah. because, like, a lot of those films are better than the films that got nominated for Best Picture. Like, Spider-Man. Ooh, so oh. But see, the thing is... But so you know it's what? Up, I agree. <laughs> it's up, it's, yeah, it's up to 10 nominees. So, Spider-Man is, like, the best Spider-Man film that's been out. Like, it's so good. Like, it's one of the best films of the year. But it just, it gets hampered by... A, it's also a comic book film. So, like, that's even a tougher hill to climb. And they already have Black Panther in there, so... It's difficult to, like, have two in there, which would be... That would be unprecedented. If, like, Spider-Man, like, got nominated for Best Picture, that would be bold. That would be brave. That would be so cool. Yeah, but it didn't. I'd, I'd be in it to win it for that. Oh, yeah. I'd be uh, in on that one. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love for any of those three to win. Although I haven't seen World of Breaks cool. since then. Dogs is really great, but I can't see that many. Uh, director, again... Have you? Uh, you haven't. You've only seen none of those films. Okay. Uh, I'm going with Spike Lee. Spike Lee seems like a nice. Uh, I know what you're gonna go with. Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah, I think Is you actually pronounced it correct more than I did. Better than I did. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with Spike Lee just because that was my favorite. You know, that was my favorite overall for the picture, yeah. and I feel like director and picture should probably go hand in hand. Just yeah. For me, yeah. at it, least. It tends to be that way, but the last few years, it's kind of been all weirdly different so who knows what's gonna happen mm. i um i kind of like again like they're all guys but you know and this is one of the issues that i had was um when people started complaining about there's all they're all male and i'm like that yeah like it'd be great if there was more opportunity for female directors to be nominated but a lot of the a lot of the films that female directors directed which were great and i see i saw a few of them they're not they, they're not going to get the traction. Like, it's... Again, it's one of those things where... It's... Like, female directors aren't getting the opportunities to be in the conversation because the films they're making are quite... Um, like, the, the ones who are really, really great are still making films that can't quite break through, if that mm. makes sense. They're, so they're it's, probably too small as well. Yeah, like uh, Lynn Ramsey made You Were Never Really Here, which was a beautiful, brutal film, but it's never going to be in the Oscar conversation. You know? It just... It, it's it's not about what... It's not essentially about what is the most acclaimed director. What is the... It's, it's again, it's, it's, uh, it's essentially a popularity contest, and you need to have... Uh, saturation for that and it's just not going to happen with that kind of film and I think that's one of the things is like you can complain again like I said before you can you can complain all you want about you know certain films and, and directors and all that sort of stuff and, and different minorities or, or different genders getting not getting nominated but it doesn't doesn't help because they're not 
having the opportunity at the very start of the whole filmmaking process to make films that can get into that conversation. So that's yeah. where it needs to start. Not here. It's, it's all well and good to start talking about it now, which is probably helpful. But like a, like um, last year with um, Greta Gerwig for La- for a Ladybird. I was gonna say Lady Gaga. Um, that's a perfect film, and it's just a it was a wonderful film all up, and it's a really you know, I don't think she got nominated for Best Director, but she got nominated in Best Screenplay, got nominated for Best Picture, which she produced as well. So, but that's a but that's a film that is more attuned to the taste of the Academy, and it, it's more widely seen, you know, and it gets much more momentum, and that's what's required. And it's not, it, and the thing is, that film's not, like, it, they didn't have to work, like, they didn't have to work really hard, obviously, but it's not like that film is any different, in a way, to other films from that year where it's like it's singularly like female and female centric and obviously it was i don't know what i'm trying to say with this but just like it wasn't sort of out of the ordinary like it didn't need to be like like as it was as a film it was powerful and fantastic and it may and it it got that exposure not because of you know it being you know made by a female director and writer but because of how great that film was and it's that opportunity to make that sort of film that allows for a more diverse range of people to be in consideration. And that's where it needs to start, where, you know, more diverse voices are able to get their films up and running. And maybe next year you get more of that, that they get more exposure mm. out there, but who knows? Or we could just burn the whole Academy and start over again. Well. Food for thought. Food for thought. <laughs> That would be simpler if that was... I always take the simple path. (laughs) Burn it all down. Burn Uh, everything. Uh, Right. I don't know where we were. Oh, uh, um... uh, Where were we? uh, 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 So uh, we went director. uh, We said animated feature. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Let's go... Let's go... Let's go... Production design. I don't know why. Oof. Production design? Maybe. I don't know. I don't even know uh, where you're... What about visual thing? effects down the bottom? Visual effects? Oh, hey. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Ready Player One, Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Avengers, Infinity War would have all, all been really good. I don't know about First Man. I don't know what... That's a thing. Um, Christopher <laughs> Robin. Oh, that was cute. But like... Yeah. I want explosions, so sorry, Christopher Robin. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Let's go either Avengers or Solo. I think it would be Avengers. Yeah, I, th- I feel yeah. like, yeah. It's the biggest film out there for it. And it just... Yeah, yeah. It makes the most sense for that to be in there. Plus, actually, to be honest, out of all five of them, it did have the best effects. When I look at those... Those nominees. Like, so- like Solo yeah. was fine, but... Infinity War was. It had Thanos. Infinity War was just spot on, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so, okay. Hang on. What? Wait. Wait for this. Yeah. Uh, I just I'm I'm looking. What the actual? Uh, uh, just just hold that thought. What's? I just. I'm just trying to figure out why makeup and hair like <laughs> i'm i'm sorry what are border and vice doing in there because i've just looked up some 
Oh, okay. Like, yeah. That hair is grotty as fuck. What is going on in this movie? Wow. Did what not... is this? Wait. Are For they some... wigs? Are they not wigs? In Vice? What's happening in Border? I'm so confused. You know what's weird? That it's like... Lately, a lot of Swedish films have been nominated for like best hair, best makeup, and hairstyling. It's just like it's for some reason the the Academy is and and not just nominating but winning it. Oh, they're trolls! Oh, okay. Oh, are they trolls? Oh, that's because okay. Sense. I literally just clicked on this thing. It says Border Film Review. Are moviegoers ready for hot, hairy troll sex? I'm not personally, but. Um, okay, but I'm sorry, Vice, though? Like, still, Black Panther over Border as well, but Vice? Vice is fine, like, like, it's mostly for Christian, it's like, the, the makeup and hairstyle is pretty great in it, but I just, it just makes sense to have at least one more in that category. Well, I'm just gonna, even if you only had three... How did those two be? Yeah, I'll yeah. even say it. Mary Queen of Scots, yep, great hairstyling, yeah. but even not as good as Black Panther. I said it. Come at me, please. Come fight me about this. This is the hill I'll die on. <laughs> I will die on this hill. It does seem strange. Like again, like the merits of the film, like of Black Panther as a best picture nominee aside, its production design, its hair and makeup, its costume is just out of this world. And it's fantastic. How? How? I yeah. And if it really wants to, I feel like the Oscar Academy is really not that it should, but just like it makes sense for the Black Panther to win those ones. Like they just, it's so so. I have a feeling that it will. So I'm gonna put some money on Black Panther to win those three categories. No wait, not hair and makeup because it didn't get nominated for that. Ooh, but production design and mm. costume design. <laughs> Can we write the Oscars? I have some strong words for them. <laughs> I think, I mean, obviously you can. You can contact them. I don't know how far you're going to get. Mm. But... Do you know, there's an original song that sums up my feelings right now, and it's called I'll Fight from RBG, and, like, literally that is that is how I'm feeling right now, so... Oh, yeah, that's one of the... I fight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna win a cowboy trade to Spurs for wings. You're not gonna do that one. Nope. I'm feeling nope. the fight song right yeah, now. Or yeah. maybe. Oh, I don't know. All the stars from <laughs> Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, it's baffling to say the least. That it. Oh, I just. Maybe they made a mistake. Maybe there's a typo on this list. It just feels. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna take a look and kind of see if I can. F- find out why so okay so what happens is it's one of the categories with different stages of nominating so a short list of titles this is just from wikipedia so i'm pretty sure it's wrong but whatever um Uh, a short list of titles is chosen by the makeup branches executive committee which again like did you not see black panther uh, and clips are screened by the members of the branch at an annual bake-off. Okay. Where nominees are determined. What? After only two films were shortlisted in 2002, rules were installed require- requiring that seven finalists be chosen each year. So finalists to be nominated, not finalists that are nominated. And then you go from there. Again, I just... 
there's enough films out there for it to be five nominees. Easy. Like, just that, like, without a doubt. Like, you could have uh, The Favourite in there as well. Like, if you wanted to. I'm just trying to think of, like, other films that I saw. Um, like, I don't know. Mary Poppins Return was pretty... Like, Aquaman was fine. Like, I just, like there's plenty out there that aren't any worse than what have actually been nominated before. Like, Deadpool 2. What the hell? May as well. Oh, I was mad that like, didn't win. I, okay. Yeah, like, that's just... Yeah, like, there's a lot in here that could actually be nominated and be worth, like, worthy of a nomination. Not just, like, filling up the numbers, but just, like, I, w- I would just make it more interesting. So, yeah, that was... Okay, so yeah. I have an idea. Okay. Bigger categories, more categories, make the Oscars actually worth it. Don't make it last all night when you don't even have anything of substance here. All right, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> No, I'm actually not out. I'm still in. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, like, to win it for the other yeah, stuff. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, make just just beef it up a little. Like, leave us in suspense. We want to be in suspense. I don't think it lessens the impact of, or like, lessens the grandeur of film if you have stuntmen uh, and and stunt choreography as categories. I think it's yeah, more. Yeah, that'd it, be it, great. It, it increases the celebration of film. It's a populist yeah, medium. It includes like, people, and yeah. who doesn't want to be included? Exactly. Um, hermits? They probably don't want to be included. Well, that's... No, you're right. Yeah. The hermits can stay home. And they don't need to, yeah. yeah. And be thankful they're not in the crowds. Yeah. Good Good for them. Yeah. So... Uh, oh. Oh, oh, no. Just kidding. Oh. What? Uh... No, it was this was for the Golden Globes and oh. the Marvel Cinematic Universe installment, blah, 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 racked up nominations for costume designers oh, and makeup okay. artists and hairstylists in the Golden Globes, which, yes. you know, the Oscars get with the picture or whatever, but it's fine. Yeah. I mean, Black Panther did win this, the SAG Award for Best Ensemble, which is sort of like their best picture thing, but I think Actually, that was more... that's fair. I think that was more of a, um, what's it called? I felt like that was more of an aberration. But, at the same time, like, it's a good win. That being said, the Directors Guild just had their awards today, uh, or yesterday, I think, and Alfonso Cuaron won Best Director, so I think Roma is kind of a lock to win Best Picture. And he's definitely a lock to win Best Director. I think Ensemble is a lot more about, you know, like, how your actors sort of create their... Because that was a, a stellar cast and it was a really good oh, yeah. cast as well so, Very much so obviously avengers would have been like you know part of that but i think i think because everyone had to everyone was in the same you know how they split avengers up into yeah, reasonable yeah. groups uh i think <laughs> I it makes to. sense that black panther would have won because they did such a good job of handling everyone in one place yeah like it's a much more cohesive unit in that in black panther and i mean obviously it's a much smaller scale in terms of like what the where the action is but you know, like, I, I, I'm totally fine with it getting the best ensemble award at SAGs, because it, it, like, it, it's a very strong cast. Like, a very strong cast. So, do you want to know, it is, because I know you're a betting, a betting gal. Oh, of course. <laughs> do you want to know, here's, here's the, the odds for best picture. I think I might, I might, we might leave everybody with this. Uh, so at the moment, this is from 
longest odds to shortest odds. Actually, no, I'll go from All right. shortest odds to longest odds. That makes more sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Roma is $1.67, so it's crunched in even more now. Green oh, Book is $4. On. Yeah, sorry. I got to stop you because I, I don't actually... I thought we were dealing in percentages and I don't know what you're talking about. How? I just said... Is this short, long? So, oh... <laughs> So the shortest I it was like small percentage versus big percentage, <laughs> but clearly it's not. So I'm so confused. Okay, so the shortest odds means that it's the one that's the like it's uh, the favorite. Oh, wouldn't you want to? No, I think then wouldn't you want to end with the shortest odd? Well, because the it's at the top is the shortest one, and then it ah. that's 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 why I did it. Okay, no, this yeah. this makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's no percentage. I am less confused now. I, well, you know, I don't... Do you want me to... Okay, so... I would love for this to happen. Please tell me. So, Roma is $1.67. That's the shortest odds. Yeah. The next shortest odds, or next pricing, because odds is a different... Anyway, is Green Book at $4.33. The favorite is $8 somehow. Uh, a Star is Born is $13. Oh, that's gone out. Black Panther is 15 which is juicy. Very juicy. Black Klansman is $15. He might be onto something. Like, I'd, mm. I'd, I'd take a flutter on that. Bohemian Rhapsody is $19, so it's clearly fallen off the planet. And Vice, which has never really been in any conversation, is $51. So put your money on Vice to win. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Uh- Three weeks okay. out. Interesting. Yeah. So don't you worry, Nick will be watching this like a hawk too. I so. def- oh, I'm on it like three times a day checking it out. Even though like it won't really move that much now, but that's that's where we're at. It's it's up to you to keep us updated, though. That is true. But we are uh, we've kind of had a look at the Oscars. We'll be back in. Maybe we'll do something before it happens in three weeks' time and see how it all... Well, I would, I would hope so. Yeah. Hopefully we're because back in three weeks. We're, 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 we're going to be back. We have to be. We have a <laughs> weekly podcast. We can't just take two weeks off. You know, it's not how weekly podcasts no, work. That is that is true. We, through hell or high water or storms or polar vortexes or raging heat, we must continue the weekly podcast. Detrimental to our health, be damned. We have to do it. Mm. I really hope you've been recording. <laughs> I have. Yes. Uh, I don't know why. What if I just said I hadn't. Uh, it'd just be. You know what I would do? I'd be like, okay, Carolyn, you're not working tomorrow. I'm going to give you my entire recording, and you just, you just reply to it as I'm talking. So just reply <laughs> over that recording. <laughs> That's your penance. I love it. Uh, I would okay. do it too. Yeah. It'd be fun, kind of. I don't know. So It'll be great. It's been like two hours. Ugh. Oh my god. Jesus. But it was interesting. Good. Kinda, was it? it was. It was. Yeah. Am I oh it. are we stopping the recording? No. Did is you stop? is this part of the podcast too? No, I didn't. I'm so confused. I'm even more confused than I am with the odds. <laughs> Did you stop recording? 
No. No, that's okay. Like, you didn't have to stop. Uh, I, I don't know when it ends uh, now because, like, I haven't, because I haven't started on this one, so like, there's no like end cutoff. Wait. Uh. Uh. uh hang on. I can make an end cutoff. Are we done? For you. Oh god. Bye. Oh, that's definitely the end. <laughs> <laughs> Do not want to go further than that. Just end it there. <laughs> uh, uh, are we ending it?